Welcome to Nine Bob Note with Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Nine Bob Note. I'm Paul Isles Rush. I'm Ken Moss. We always say that, don't we? We do. On the, on the opening bit, it says our names. So people are like, yeah, we already know who you are. You've just said it. Well, yeah, but they don't know which way around we are. That's true. They need mm. to identify the voices. Although they can get that because I'm the nice one who says nice things. <laughs> You're the one who gets the complaints. <laughs> oh, the mailbag. Dear, oh dear. What have you got for us this week for me to complain about? Hate crime. Oh, you've wheeled out some big guns here. <laughs> well, I've got a lot of hateful targets. What? what who, who am I hating this week? Well, yeah. <laughs> I thought we go we go something like yeah. So this week in the UK is National Hate Crime Awareness Week, which is a you know, one of those oh. one of those annual celebrations. Do you get a ribbon and a flag yeah. with that? There's, there, there are things that you can post on social media. Oh well, that's, <laughs> where could that possibly go wrong? <laughs> yeah, and they have a website. Uh, but the the idea is obviously uh, to prevent hate crime. I think the the slogan this year is spread love, not hate. There's a margarine company somewhere <laughs> crying out for a sponsorship. Yeah. yeah. So so hate crime is uh, sort of defined in the law. And by the law, I mean just Facebook. <laughs> but it's, it's any, any crime that's committed against somebody on the basis of the reason that they belong to one of the um, protected characteristic groups, mm. which are those. Uh, so things like gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, race, religion. So if you, if someone came up to me in the street and punched me in the face, that would be assault. If they punched me in the face and said, take that gay boy, <laughs> it would be a hate crime. <laughs> it sounds like something Batman would say in a dark universe. <laughs> Pow, sock, mint. <laughs> Yeah, I, I didn't know that it's Hate Crime Week. It's passed me by. Uh, but I don't have a. I, no, I, I do have a problem with hate crimes, obviously. Um, <laughs> but I do see a lot of things that are labelled as hate crimes, and sometimes there is that question in the back of my mind: Is this a hate crime, or are you just a knobhead? <laughs> and uh, you've decided that it, they must have attacked you because you are gay, black, a woman eat cheese and onion crisps instead of salt and vinegar. I don't know. Not all the time, of course. But I've seen, I have seen a lot of things where people have said, you know, they've, they've, it's a hate crime against my sexuality, etc. Sometimes I've thought, we've had your side of the story, I wonder what their side is. Do you think there's ever sort of scope for playing the, the not the victim card, but waving the sympathy flag because of, well... I can I can get a bit of sympathy because I am one of the protected groups. There is, there is an element of that sometimes. Sometimes yeah. I hasten to add, yeah, yes, yeah. because say if I use my example before of me walking down the street, <laughs> and and if, if someone attacked me for no reason and they got arrested, then we they could be charged with assault mm, or you know whatever yeah. it is. Whereas if they were charged with a hate crime, then the, it would be much worse for for them. 
Oh, would it? I, I, uh, yeah. I, I think so, yeah. I think it's considered like an extra, like an extra level. So you attack someone. Oh, level up. Yeah, <laughs> level up. It's like getting the, out the mushroom in Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. so there would be the temptation, wouldn't there, for, for me to say, well, he, he attacked me because because I was gay and he, he said something mm. really homophobic to me before attacking me. So therefore it's a hate crime. And so, yeah, there, there is that. Whether that happens a lot, we don't well, know. Well, we we're never going to no. know. Um, that's just one of those things that can't be quantified. It's um, in, in those situations, it is one person's word against another. Mm. Um, it's like the, uh, the, is it because I is black? <laughs> L-E-G, going back. I still, even looking back now, cannot believe how many people, to his face, he suckered in with that line. <laughs> and... Uh, it's only a matter of time before that's cancelled uh, because people just haven't, they just do not get the joke. Mm. Sasha Baron Cohen, going a little bit down a rabbit hole, but <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen is parody beyond parody. And the man has no, he has balls of steel. He must clank <laughs> when he walks to do the things that he, my favourite stunt of all of his was when um, the president of Kazakhstan was complaining about Borat the movie and was going to the White House or something to meet, to, to sort of discuss this with, I'm fairly sure it was the president. <laughs> He got wind of this and Borat turned up at the White House <laughs> before the president, so he got welcomed. Anyway, uh, uh, yes, um, but that's my only thing about hate crimes is when, and it's, it's. Um, I'm just trying to think of another example, because it does go on where people cry wolf or they, they wave the extra victim card. And so it takes it away from the genuine victims. Yeah. It's a bit like some, somebody mentioned something to me today where her sister-in-law is celiac. Right. But she says there's a lot of people who wind her up when they say, oh, yes, I'm celiac, so I, I can't tolerate any of that. And it's just a sort of faddy illness that they've self-diagnosed. And the genuine people that have got <laughs> it now look like they're part of this faddy group. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It has become one of those things where when people say that, mm. I mean, there's somebody in my family who is uh, who is celiac as well. And, and it is one of those things. You go out for a meal and everyone... Oh, here we go. <laughs> but then, but that is because you you have got people who who just say, "Oh, yeah, I don't I don't eat gluten," and it's not because they're allergic to it. It's not because they have, they've got celiac. It's just because well, because it's the latest thing to give up. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, it's when they say I'm gluten intolerant. I can't eat a lot of bread <laughs> because it makes me swell up. Well, yeah, that's the whole point of it, sweetheart. That's what I mean. You, we've been eating it for two hundred thousand years for <laughs> yeah. that reason. But the girl I bought my house off, she was uh, lactose intolerant. And she used to come around every now and again to pick up her toast that had been delivered here. And then I remember one day she came in for a brew. She obviously didn't have milk in her coffee. I had milk in my tea. There was a sort of a hug and a kiss at the che- on the cheek on the way out. And she said, oh, no. And I watched this rash where I just <laughs> brushed my lips against her cheek because oh, I'd held milk in my tea. It just spread across her face in seconds. That, I think, might be a genuine case. Yes, yeah, that's lactose intolerance. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll let her off. She could stay. So having wandered slightly <laughs> off topic, uh, getting back to hate crimes. Yeah, there, there's been a, quite a, an increase in, in hate crimes against certain groups. Uh, I, I know uh, going on to one of your favourite uh, topics. I can see where this is coming with big hairy boots on. It wouldn't be the B word. Yes. I thought it might. But there was, following the uh, following the Brexit referendum, there was 
a spike in hate crimes mm. against European people living in foreign the, devils. Yeah, yeah. Yes. The, the foreign, the foreigners living over in the UK. <laughs> but unfortunately, now uh, we've got rid of them all, and uh, we're begging for them to come back. Uh, and there was, and that was because a certain group of people, mm. and you know. Let's not, you know, not the everyone, leavers, not <laughs> everyone who voted for typical yeah. right wing <laughs> racist leavers. <laughs> They're all like that. Every last one. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But all but these people who were committing the crimes just sort of thought, oh well, the Leave campaign has won the vote, mm. so obviously the whole country hates European people. So it's all right for me to show my true racist colours. Uh, and obviously that did backfire on them spectacularly, but there was there was that that spike then. And recently this year, there's been quite a big rise in hate crimes against gay people, particularly in Liverpool. Why? The last, uh, the last few months, I've I've no idea, but people, uh, you know, sort of gay couples walking home from the pub. You, you know, there's there's a, a gay village in Liverpool, so. Is that no, that I did not know? It's, right, it's it's it doesn't it's, surprise me. Yeah. It's a big city, of course, <laughs> yeah. but I've never heard of it. Yeah, um, and people sort of are spotted walking through there or leaving a bar in there, and there's been a, quite a number of attacks. Some one in Birmingham the other week, and it, and it just seems that people are sort of thinking that it's okay again to attack people. I mean, the, obviously, the stories about gay people being attacked, I know about because. It's in you know on the the news sites that I read mm. and stuff, but it must be the same for a lot of other groups. Um, unsurprisingly, I don't <laughs> see this, and uh, I don't mix around with the sort of people that do that. <laughs> um, I know, I know. I, I, I'm, Simon Exton um, has said this about the medical profession that he said that he's had a lot. I think this was in the build-up to. To the actual leaving, he said that there was a lot more of people saying, can I see an English doctor or when you're going home, that sort of thing. Um, obviously, I've not seen any of that. I can't deny that it's it's going on. Um, I have no sympathy with those people. No. But I was listening to on the radio on the way into work this morning, and there was a debate on with, or there was an interview with an apple farmer. <laughs> and they were saying, you know, has Brexit, you know, there's this great worker shortage and... They had about three or four people on from different professions, and they all said the same thing, that this is a problem across Europe. This is not just confined to, to England. The Prime Minister has said that there should be a drive across the country to raise wages. That would get people into jobs that traditionally people don't particularly want to do. And certainly the, the apple farmer said, well, we pay good wages. It's mm. between 15 and 18 pounds an hour for an apple picker. The trouble is people just don't want to do that job. Yeah. I think I could tolerate a lot for 15 quid an hour or 18 quid an hour. That's, it's a reasonable wage is mm. that. And apple picking has come on quite a way in recent years. It's all, it's a lot of it's mechanically recovered now. <laughs> There's no uh, climbing trees with a stick. Those days are gone. Oh. Uh, yeah, I know. It's a lovely bucolic <laughs> image of darling buds of May with Mar Larkin and a, a flagon of cider waiting <laughs> at the end of it. But that, I just think, I'll say this much, it's highlighted the uh, mentality of a lot of people in this country. I've had, mm. um, you know, people in my own family. I'm not going to name them, but they bloody well know who they are. I'm, <laughs> you know, they're coming straight out of school and college and I'm not, I'm not getting out of bed for less than 30 grand a year. Well, wakey, wakey children. It's not all, that. that's not like that. It's... <laughs> 
It's a bloody hard word world out there, and we we seem to have bred a generation now. God, I sound old, but we've bred a generation now where the rules don't apply. You can say what you like, mm. and I mean, I am forced to admit that possibly there there is um, that as, again, as Simon would say, that jingoistic element. It's always been there, but it's just been given a sort of uh, free reign to to come out, maybe. Even though, like I said, I've not seen it. I've not seen any real, genuine evidence of it. But if it's happening and people are saying it, it's hard. You can't really ignore it. Yeah, yeah. It's just it definitely seems a shame, especially with you know the the attacks on uh, gay people, for example, that I mentioned. Why have we not moved on from that? You know, it, we. You know, we talk we talk a lot about, for example, the trans community who, who obviously still get attacked by everyone from all corners every day. And as gay people, we sort of say, oh, well, that's what we went through in the 70s mm. and 80s. But thank God that's not like that anymore. And then it turns out that it is still like that for us for, for, or for a lot of people. I, mean, I find really hard to... To believe, because I, I, I've used these stats before. I still believe in the 90%, 5%, 5%, that the vast majority of people don't give a shit anymore about that. It's just not anything that I ever see. Nobody even in private whispered conversations now, you know, fucking puff. It, it just never happens. And, well, not certainly not. Um, I, I mix with a very, very wide cross section of the public and this uh, and i never see even a vaguest whiff of that so obviously there's going to be the five percent out there they're never going to tolerate these puffs mm. and you, you should all be burned in a big fire <laughs> so that that does seem a bit weird to me because we have come a long way and people generally don't care yeah and and as you say it's not we've suddenly turned into a, a nation of racist or no. it is a very, very small, mm. but, but even sort of in the school that our kids go to, there are examples of children using homophobic and racist language. They weren't born knowing those mm. words, or, you know, and they weren't born knowing what those words mean. They picked that up from their parents, but you just think, why, why are these people still... Allowed for the benefit of the listeners at home, this is uh, Lost a Hall in Lancashire, <laughs> uh, where we've we've both lived for considerable portions of our lives at different times. It is Lost a Hall. <laughs> There's all, there is that element. Uh, I think I can't speak for the rest of the country, but it's certainly in a lot of northern towns, there is that knobhead contingency. They're in every town. Yeah, they're a small, I think, increasingly diminishing group. But they're always the ones that speak bloody loudest. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I do, I'm totally off topic. The other, uh, last week I was told in the uh, Year 5 Parents WhatsApp group, I was told, go and get a blowjob. You obviously need one <laughs> by one of the charming mothers just because I took uh, offence at her son being in a gang of five people that attacked another boy, apparently. Uh, it's none of my business, but that's that's the kind. This of was in a, a group WhatsApp. A group WhatsApp, yeah. She had the good grace to leave the chat immediately after sending that. But I know who she is. That's not a threat. You heard it here, second. <laughs> but yes, I, I uh, right. These are the parents of the children who go to school with our kids. This is, but this is what worries me. If their attitude is that, and their kids pick up on that, and they they get away with stuff like that, 
then no wonder they go out fighting. And you just think it's just a That's a in a group WhatsApp hmm. with other parents that are going to see that woman again in the flesh yes. on a day-to-day basis. And she said it in a, right. Okay. Not a bad contingent. <laughs> yeah. There we go. I've got to ask, what was the, what response did it elicit from the other parents? To be fair, most of the, I mean, quite most of the people, because they only use that WhatsApp group to sort of say, is it PE day? Mm. Today kind of thing. So most of them sort of stayed out of it, but I did get a few nice messages from some of the, from the other parents uh, sort of saying, oh, I can't believe she said that and stuff. And, and then a couple of people even came up to me in the playground and they were like, ooh, check you out. Uh, but yeah, so, so there, there, it was, she was just a one-off in that, well, as far as I know in that group, quite a few people stayed quiet. But yeah, you just, you just think, what hope? What hope is there for her reprobate kids? I mean, I suppose looking at it from a different angle, that is a, a particular... Oh God, how do I word this? Uh, A particular sexual activity that could be levelled at gay men. Whereas if you had some slapper of a mother that was, you know, (laughs) four by four and somebody threw something at her in the heat of the moment that related to her being, you know, as wide as a barn door, it could just be considered an insult rather than a hate crime. It's Mm. just, um, I mean, it's not, I'm not excusing or defending (laughs) it. And... It's very clearly aimed at you in reference to your sexuality. I would suspect, I mean, you're a bloke. Could it have been? I assume she knows you're gay. Well, I don't. I don't. <clears throat> but either way, as an insult, it could be taken either way. But I suspect most people at the school know that you're gay. Hmm. It's just not that type of environment where gossip doesn't spread. Yeah. Before you've even finished speaking, they've already finished your sentence <laughs> at the other end of the playground. Yeah. Just madness. But it does kind of make you think when we sort of look at hate crimes and why they're mm. why they're still going on now, it comes from that kind of scumbag parent. <laughs> and they're just passing it down and they're and they're gonna pass it down to their kids and it's just never going to end. So they need to be um exterminated. <laughs> Oh, don't set me off down my sociopathy route. The, you know, the, the body count will be staggering. I think we should probably rate this in Bowers. <laughs> well, since you're the victim, <laughs> engage. Well, I mean, it, although we have sort of touched on it quite lightly, I, obviously, if someone is attacking you either physically or verbally, just because of something that makes you different from the person. Mm. So, you know, whether it be you're a different colour from them or a different gender or a different religion or whatever, then that can only make you feel really bad mm. and, and and make you feel even worse than if they were attacking you for no reason, if you know that that's the reason. So I would say this it, it's quite important. This is, this is Hate Crime Awareness Week, so we're not promoting... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there aren't any special T-shirts, so <laughs> yeah. it's not a competition. <laughs> no, it's not who can do the most. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we've got little Tommy, who's eight, uh, from Rotten Stall, and he's managed to insult five black lads, two gay men, and a trans folk. Oh, well done, Tommy. Well done, Tommy. <laughs> Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, quite quite important. Uh, uh, hopefully, it'll go away. 
but my pessimistic thought is that it won't. I, I would say four feather powers. I'm going to concur with you on that, yeah. I think half of the battle here is pegging what is a hate crime and what's just a, mm. a heat of the moment. If you're attacking somebody else, either verbally or physically, there's a certain amount of hate in there to, mm. to have triggered that to start with. So technically they're all hate crimes, I suppose. I don't know. It's another you've you've led us into another minefield that I can't get out of. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'll give it four. It's something that it it should be taken seriously. It's not to be taken lightly. And you've appalled me tonight with some of the things that you've said that you've read about and experienced. Um because I wasn't unaware of any of that. But on the other hand, there's those that do abuse the privilege. They mm-hmm. they use it to play the sympathy card. That really is not doing anybody any favours at all. So, yes. Excellent. Have you painted yourself into a corner? Actually, I have have got one actually tonight. Well, it's not really a tenuous link, but it's it's a subject very close to my heart. Coronation Street. Yep, we're not afraid of tenuous links here. It's NBN. Uh, go on. So um, a few a few years ago, I don't know whether you remember the real life case of a girl called Sophie Lancaster. Oh, the name rings a bell, but go on. Yes, she was a, a, a goth mm-hmm. uh, and she was out in the park one night with, her, um, I think with her boyfriend. They were only teenagers and because she was dressed like a goth, a group of people decided to attack her because she looked different from them and beat her to death. And in Coronation Street this year, they've done a very similar story. It's actually based on that story. Mm. And they've consulted with her family about it, where there's a goth character and her and her boyfriend were attacked and the boyfriend uh, was murdered. I, I do vaguely remember. Yeah, I, I was com- conflating the, the real life and the, the story mm. and the boyfriend got murdered, yeah. Yeah, but as well as being sort of quite quite important in getting mm. the thing out there, Coronation Street this year has been some of the best that it's ever been. I've always watched Coronation Street, mm. so I've always loved it. But all the, the young actors who've been involved in that storyline, and then obviously they've got their parents and things, and it, it's affected loads of different families in the street. And it's, the writing, the acting has just been amazing. So, yes. That's my recommendation. You should all watch Coronation Street six times a week. I tried, actually, Corrie, not long back. While I was researching for an episode of The Extermos Experiment, which, for those that don't know, is a a podcast I do with Simon Exton on archive television, I watched the very first episode of Corrie, which is still, it's a brilliant, brilliant piece of TV. It's absolutely magical. And soap operas are a window on the world into whatever time they're produced. It's a, it's a very good sort of snapshot of what mm. life is like, very loosely at that time. And I just thought, right, I'm, I've just got the urge now. I want to see an episode of Corrie. And the last time I watched it, it was being produced by Phil Collinson. Yes. And um, there was a lot of nods to the past. And uh, I seem to remember things like Rita and Emily sat around with a pot of tea, just having... <laughs> chats just popping in for a chat and it was all very sort of there was a a, that balance between gritty realism and little homespun moments that Mm. people genuinely do have what i turned on and i watched one and a bit and it was just great it was worse than eastenders in terms (laughs) of grim i think clearly it was the aftermath of a fight in a factory or an office or something 
And somebody then fell down the stairs immediately and looked like he was dead. And then there was something, and everybody was crying and screaming in every scene. I thought, oh God, this is relentlessly grim. Where's the the Ryan Haley's and and the uh, you know the the Veras and Jacks and the, the light relief? And there was nothing. And with soaps, I do think the best ones are balanced out between light and dark. I am an Archers addict. I absolutely mm. adore the Archers on Radio Four, and it's it's still got that serious and comedy element all the time in every episode yeah and that's coronation street is at its best when it does that yeah and the the when you think of even like the most dramatic episodes where people get murdered and it's always cut with something stupid Hmm. you know and you know like a a sing song in the pub yeah something like yeah and and even the bit and now we've, we've we're just we are way off now but (laughs) balls to it it's a really good topic (laughs) the bit where where Gail, and this was a good few years ago, Gail was married to a serial killer. Um, oh, what was Richard. his name? Richard Hillman. Yeah. yeah. And the way where she found out about that, and it was obviously a really horrendous, you know, a, a mm. scene where she just found out this her husband was a serial killer. But the writing in that and some of the things, she she came out with the uh, immortal line, you're Norman Bates with a briefcase. <laughs> <laughs> is, ah, is that where that comes from? Yeah. Right. And and it's just you know they, there's just little gems like that. So Coronation Street is good when it does that. And there, there were, I mean, obviously this. I think the bit where you were watching it was probably around about the time that this murder took place. Right. And I guess it wasn't the best hopping on. Yeah, point. you right. can't really have a, a sort of raucous <laughs> thing. But yeah, it, that that is back now. Well, I'll possibly give it another go then. Um, I've not really got time to get into the soaps. (laughs) I don't watch a right lot of of modern telly, to be quite honest. Um, Just as a closing note on Corrie, though, the best episode I've ever seen, really, of of television probably in the past 10, 15 years, that isn't Doctor Who, it does exist outside, (laughs) is the tram crash for the 50th oh, anniversary. Yeah. That was spectacular. What an amazing piece. Of t- for a soap opera. Yeah. That was incredible. It was. Uh, and I can still, I mean, how long ago was that now? That's 20, 11 yeah. years yeah, ago? 11 years ago, yeah. That was amazing. I can picture it as clear as a bell in my mind's eye. So, yeah. So, uh, soaps can, they do get a little bit of derision, really, soaps, mm. but they can be spectacular when they're on point. Yes. And on that note. Uh, on that nine bob note. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Ken, you've got around about 58 years of Coronation Street to catch up on if you discount the episodes that you've watched over the years. So, I'll, I'll get them on DVD. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll call it a day while you line that up. We'll be back next week. Au revoir. Thanks very much, everyone. Ta-ta-ta. Nine Bob Node featured Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Title music was by Mark Scheiman. And the programme was produced by Maverick Productions. For more information, please visit maverickproductionsuk.blogspot.com or find us on social media.